1: Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. It is episode 40. My name is Alex Dunlap, being joined tonight by Byron Lambert, who is on location for all of Rosterwatch Nation uh, in between Miami and Jacksonville. Byron, where are you right now? It's like Fort Walton Beach?
0: West Palm Beach. Oh, West Palm Beach. Sleepy, quiet quiet town at least this time of year
1: so west palm beach that's that's close that's close to miami though right
0: yeah i'd say i'm about an an hour give or take another 20 minutes or so
1: north of miami is that up the a1a that's that's what i took you have an option to take the 95 but i took
0: the a1a so i could drive by the water uh the whole way up. It sure is a lot warmer though than it was out there on
1: the west coast. That's for sure, man. You know what you're about to get to is you're about to get to. Uh, I think they call it Muck City. I think it's right on the south shore of. Uh, what is it, Lake Oke Okeechobee Oke- 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 or something like that? And that's yes. the place where there was yes. all the documentaries about uh, the athletes that came out of there with such quick twitch muscles because they um, would chase rabbits around in the fields and stuff. Do Do you remember those those things that they showed on ESPN?
0: Yeah, this is kind of everglades, swampish territory. Lake Okeechobee is a notorious
1: uh, lake in these
0: parts, man. A
1: monster. It's an, it's an absolute breeding ground for NFL prospects there. From from Miami all the way up the A1A to the southern portion of Lake Okeechobee, it is... Um, you know we think of houston and dallas as being you know hotbeds for nfl talent the fact of the matter is los angeles orange county um houston dallas none of it holds a candle to that one particular spot for some reason just the sickest nfl players are all born there I actually did a study two years ago about every player in the every 53-man roster in 2014 and the concentration there in, in in the 305 up the A1A is absolutely unbelievable. And so, what are you doing now, Byron? You're sitting at some. You're sitting at a restaurant. I hear stuff in the background. Well,
0: in, in true roster watch form, I've stopped for a quality wedge salad and a glass of wine. And you know, I there's no way I could come through Florida without getting a nice piece of Florida grouper which in my opinion is the best piece of
1: fish that you can get. Well, here's, here's my thing about grouper. Just before we get into the podcast, I was on huge tilt because I told you about my recent red snapper fishing experience, right? Where I got onto something that was such a monster that I ended up losing him at the very end, but it looked like I would have had a big fight on my hands even if the line wouldn't have snapped. I told you about that, right?
0: Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and right, and so one of the things is we were, you know, and you know, as a fisherman, when you lose something after you fought it for forty minutes, and your pain, your arms are like, literally, I had burst capillaries in my in, in in my forearms from fighting this thing so hard, and I was asking the guy, what could that have been? You know, could that like, are you sure it was a shark? And they said, no, you know, honestly, that could have been like a big, big grouper fish, uh, that just, you know. Uh, you, you can't pull them up. They're like a truck down there at the bottom. They're 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 so big. I was on such enormous tilt because I know how delicious grouper is, and if it was that big of a grouper fish that I had somehow lost, that I had a chance to end up with, you could. It's like Dude, you could never got, forgive they yourself.
0: Got, they got they got grouper the size of Volkswagen down here in these waters, man. He's, and I think, by the way, I think Lake Okeechobee is also supposed to be a badass.
1: Bass fishery, dude. Oh God! I'm, sh- oh, dude. Well, I'm sure it's those Florida smallmouth, right? With isn't that those weird hybrids? No, big, big Florida strain largemouth. They eat things oh. like snakes and frogs and even birds, man. <laughs> well, we know even here in Texas they love those little snakes that are like twelve inches long. Like we throw things at the bank here in Texas where they're like you know they're like twelve inches long, they look like slithery snakes that would scare your wife to to hell. If you put them underneath the blankets or something in, in bed, and you know, <laughs> made her, um, yeah, made made her get under the blankets and and see, and and see some of those soft plastics. But dude, those like like the, the like the snakes that we throw at them even here in Texas, I can't even imagine what the big ones down there in Florida, even you know, kind of what they're eating down there in those woolly swamps. Man,
0: it's very swampy down here. You got but. I'll tell you what on these shores out here on this water even though. It's really very hot too hot there are There are things like sailfish and Wahoo and Cobia just trolling these waters
1: It sounds like a place that I need to get to on the on, on the training camp tour next year <laughs> Next year man, I'll I'll be on the Florida portion for sure Um all right, so let's just let's let's get into the Miami Dolphins. You've been at practices for the last two days. These were like actually, as far as the access that was allowed to us during uh, these portions of practice, it's actually kind of special access because now we're out of camp. We are into game prep, season prep kind of stuff. Byron was there as if he was just a member of the uh, local credentialed media. So definitely getting, uh, getting the chance to see these guys and um, see them in a way that, whenever we talk to you about it, we're talking to you about it from a knowledgeable perspective, not just one where we've read the headlines, uh, we've seen what's happened, we've uh, seen what's happened in the news, you know, read the little Roto World blurb. That's not what we're doing for Roster Watch Nation. We need to see for ourselves. So let's just start out, Byron, and talk about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to steer this. Like, what? What have you? What have you come away with from there? Is, Is there like? Is there one thing? What's the one thing that's the big thing?
0: Well, listeners of this podcast will know. Some of them will that in recent week or two we were starting to get a little bit of Devontae Parker in our drafts with the cheat sheet. And this was something I was considering more and more as if Devontae Parker was a player I might want in my own fantasy league. So I drove myself to DFW and took the first flight out to Miami on Sunday night and I showed up on the Dolphins' doorstep in Davie, Florida, first thing Monday morning, and I'll tell you what, they are have a lot of restrictions, but it's also one of the more gracious departments that I've worked with, and I'm very thankful for the access that they gave us, and the very nice people that I met here in Miami, and man, it hurt bad. I, I came so close to getting one-on-one interviews with both Devontae Parker and, and Jarvis Landry. They were getting them queued up for me. They were working really hard to get me these interviews. And the local media here, guys like Barry Jackson and Omar Kelly, these guys just mob. They mob the players when you're trying to get your one-on-one and you get swindled. But we will be back, and we will get those interviews, and we will get those roster watch IDs, most importantly, from those guys at some point. Um... I mean, the biggest takeaway is, dude, Devontae Parker looks sick, and we've got to start making sure that we have some pretty solid exposure to him here down the stretch uh, in the remaining drafts. Like I said, we've already been starting to get him in recent weeks, but it's time to increase that frequency. Um, With my own two eyes, I think Jay Cutler's description was perfect. That it's a faster on Jeffrey. I couldn't. It's exactly what I saw with my own eyes out there. I couldn't think of a more um, uh, perfect description. Devontae Parker glides out there. Jay Cutler loves bombing it to him. He makes sick high point contested catches down the sideline in the red zone.
1: Now, and we know that Jay Cutler's a guy that likes throwing it up to guys who who, who go do that. I, hold on. Did you just say, I, I must admit, was that a big headline with, 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 uh, with Jay Cutler saying that Devontae Parker is a faster Alshon Jeffery?
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's, when I, when I, that's the first thing I thought when I was watching. And I mean, it just looks fluid. It looks natural. There's some beat writers here that think that Devontae Parker is the most naturally talented player on the whole team, or there's an argument for that to be the case. He moves and runs better than I ever would have imagined. I mean, dude, he he looks every bit as good or better than somebody like a Sammy Watkins or any of these other players. I mean, think about how much better he's turned out than, like, the Brashad Aramis, and the Kevin White. I mean, he, the production isn't there yet. I'd say how much better he's turned out. No doubt about it. I'm going to be making an update first thing in the morning here out on the East Coast. This is my number one objective. The Chi Chi's working great right now. We tested it in our own draft last night. Uh, there's a few small... Um, moves I'm going to make, but the major one uh, that will be going into the update tomorrow morning will be moving Devontae Parker up the sheet. He looks sick. Uh, The risk is worth the potential reward. It's a very natural fit. What I'll say is this is a three-wide receiver offense, and they're all going to get action. I mean, Adam Gaze told us that there's no way Jarvis Landry's getting traded. He talked to me specifically about why he loves Jarvis so much. We know how much he loved Kenny Stills at the Combine when he told us how much he was on pins and needles about well, the potential. Well, what
1: did he s- well, what is, what do you say about Jarvis? So the Jarvis talk, I mean, clearly that's just stuff where they didn't get what they... I mean, there was something yeah, going on. About this. It's, an, it's,
0: an interesting, it's a really interesting situation. So, there's a, some, some dots you can connect here. So, you know, there's been, there was a, tr- a rumor. You know, there's a lot of guys getting traded right now. And that's for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of new blood in a lot of these front offices, etc. And there's a lot of guys getting traded and or being shopped right now in the league. And so Jarvis Landry is heading into, I believe, the last year of his contract. And they haven't extended him, so supposedly they've been quietly shopping him and... Uh, I think I sent you this sound clip, Alex. Maybe, uh, I'll I'll have to uh, check. If not, I'll, I'll definitely resend it. But I got to ask Adam Gaze about the Dolphins' offensive line, and he's they, he has a, definitely a real concern about the left guard situation. So when you see what Benjamin Albright's been tweeting, who's usually pretty good on his NFL rumbling,
1: hey, it's you know a and- man, with Ben Albright. He definitely has good information, man. Ben's our boy, but he's dude. He still owes me. Airmail barbecue from back when he used to live in Arkansas. And now he's in Denver. And he just acts like he never has to pay the bill, just sort of like your boy. You're down there in Florida. You want to go see your boy CK Carrot about his Brandon Wheaton bats.
0: Yeah, these guys are a bunch of. uh I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Mm-hmm. They don't back it up. But anyway,
1: 2018. Um, he's 2018. He's set to be an unrestricted free agent this year. Jarvis Landry. I just looked it up on track, Only making eight hundred ninety-three thousand dollars. So
0: yeah. So Jarvis Landry. They're they're concerned about their left guard situation. So what Albright was tweeting is that the, Dolph, the Dolphins and the Broncos have been quietly talking about a potential trade for one of my. Uh, Maybe it was Max Garcia Max Gar-
1: well they guard, been- it seems guard. like the Broncos are disenchanted with Max Garcia for some reason, so I don't know excuse me it seems like the Broncos are disenchanted somehow with Max Garcia, so I would not be surprised to hear them floating that name.
0: It makes sense that there have been with them not having not extended him yet him going to the contract here. And so, this is very clearly an offense that's shifting from a horizontal offense to a vertical offense now that Jay Cutler's at the helm, who by the way is only on a one-year deal. So maybe don't read too much into it. Uh, but that—that that is, the offense is changing to a vertical offense. That certainly is going on here, and um, I think that's put Jarvis Landry in a little bit of a wait and see. And so it's no wonder when Adam Gaze expressed trepidation yesterday to me uh, about the left guard situation. Actually, here you can listen right here. Co- Coach, what's your evaluation of this offensive <laughs> of this offensive line heading into the season?
1: Well, I think they've steadily, you know, we've improved. We had a little bit of a, you know, we felt
0: like we had our plan pretty pretty well drawn out, and if Ted goes down, then we have to shift some. Other guys some opportunity, and we'll see how it shakes out. We've got to get through this, this game, you know, kind of still do our evaluation here after this game and figure out who's the right guy for us, and are we going to use one one guy? We're still kind of working through all that. We've seen a lot of good, We've seen some things that we'd like to fix, so it's it's a work in progress right now. I feel good at a lot of spots, but we just want to make sure we. So there you heard what Dolphins head coach Adam Gaines said about the offensive line. So if you put that together, it makes sense that maybe they have been quietly shopping him for a left guard or some help on the offensive line, which, you know, very, very uh, candidly, the local media is very concerned about this offensive line. It's a little bit banged up right now, and the depth is truly what they're concerned about, is that if one one big injury to this line this whole thing could completely unravel. We all already know Jay Cutler is a turnover uh, machine. But uh, nonetheless, right now it looks like Landry's going to stay. Where I'm going with this is it's a three-wide receiver offense. We know how much Adam Gates told us at the Combine in February. He loves Kenny Stills, who's really a one-trick pony, but a badass one-trick pony. And those are the three starters, and they're, they are interchangeable. You know, with Landry being this more slottish, more horizontal guy, but they really can all uh, be pretty versatile out there. And if at any time, if it's only a two-wide receiver set, it could be any two of those three. Yes. So they're all they're all basically the starters. And uh, we're going to have a usually a uh, going to be a uh, three wide receivers. Uh, on the field for the Dolphins this year.
1: Okay, so that so means... It, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, and so where I was going with that is that they're all going to get activity with Gaze calling the plays and with Jay Cutler, but when you look at it, based on ADPs, look, Stills is the kind of guy that, like, we want him for men's salary in our TFS leagues at just about any given time. He's the kind of guy that, in any given week, can be a really nice like deep waiver wire or flex play, but he's not somebody we're going to get super excited about potentially changing the course of our season. So, well, there's decent value to be had late in our redrafts. Kenny Stills, he, he, that's not the guy that gets you real excited here. And then you so you start to parse the hairs with Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker. And to this point, I'd be curious to see. I, I won't be shocked if Parker's ADP is now starting to surpass Landry's. But to this point, Landry has been the guy with the higher ADP. So when you split the hairs, you just say, well, wait a second. We're going to get a piece of this action. You know, From from that perspective, it's definitely Devontae Parker that we, that we want. And then you come out here and you see the guy, and he looks absolutely sick. And Jay Cutler loves him. And, and like I said, he's throwing to everybody. So they're all going to be productive. But it's Parker really feels like the sweet spot and a really um, – well-timed kind of upside guy in your draft to roll the dice on. Last night, I was hoping to pull that off in our draft. I was within, I think, <laughs> one pick. Right. I think I was within one or two or a couple of picks of doing that. And uh, my my hope was to basically take him as a wide receiver, two that had massive upside. And uh, instead, I got Kelvin Benjamin, which I'm actually pretty happy with in this point five point uh, PPR format that we have going on here. Alex has convinced me that it is definitely time to be getting even a little bit higher on Kelvin Benjamin as well. But nonetheless, Devontae Parker way up the cheat sheet. You know, Landry and Stills are solid players, but Landry's ADP doesn't interest us much. Kenny Stills, you heard my take on him. He's going to be a nice min-value guy any given week.
1: On your right. If you need a punt to be able to get in Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, then as far as JHI I mean, it feels like a mixed bag with him. Uh, it feels like
1: It feels like a mixed bag. Saying, like, okay, well, hey, I'm interested to hear this because the whole JHI saga around roster watch has been a real roller not really so much of a roller coaster, but one that was just been uh it's been hard to I guess it's been hard to describe. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll tell you, I think we have him in the perfect spot on the cheat sheet, and I think we've had him in the perfect spot on the cheat sheet. And uh, this trip has provided confirmation of that. And what that is is he's not a first-round pick, but he's a very high second-round pick in our leagues. Uh, he's certainly a upper echelon um, investment at the running back position, even in your PPR leagues because of the snap count. And the receptions that he's going to get. We knew that from the combine when Adam Gaze confirmed that to us, how much he loves him. He wants to give him the Zeke Elliott, the Michael Jordan treatment on the field this year. He's basically rendered guys like Kenyon Drake as complete backups, not even really compliments in the offense. And, um, you know, what I'll say about guy is, in a lot of ways based on the other running backs that I've seen since I've been out on the road he's got a little bit of Marshawn Lynch to him I mean I think that'd probably be the guy that I could is the closest comparable to what I've seen of J.H.I. so from that perspective that's pretty darn good
1: yeah, absolutely um, on the other um, yeah I mean you start tossing that you start saying Mode's name you start feeling pretty sick
0: yeah on the other hand Something about it to me, and I mean it's hard to you know this, you've read all these books about the way your brain is wired. I don't know if I could remove everything I know about J. H. I when I watch him in practice. I try to. I mean I think we're pretty damn objective usually. And there's just something that doesn't feel generational to me. It's not that he needs to be. Certainly doesn't need to be. To be an excellent fantasy running
1: back. Let me for ask you, you this: Did you see anything generational out of Deontay or out of Devontae Freeman? No. Did you see? No, you do It doesn't have to be. Yeah, that, so that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just kind of I'm trying to gauge it. We've seen all these runners now <laughs> that are the prominent runners in the league. We've seen them live. I'm wondering, you know, who you see things generationally out of, and it doesn't seem like we see that that often. And you can still, you know, look look at Devontae. You can still be a top five running back in fantasy in in all formats without being a generational talent.
0: I think it's an excellent point. And then when you talk to some of the local observers, ones that we've known for quite a while, whose eyes we trust, they kind of confirm the same thing, that there's been nothing to get real out of this world excited about with J.H.I., that he doesn't really raise the needle... A whole, 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 whole lot for them, you know. But the fact is, the team likes him. Adam Gaze, most importantly, likes him.
1: He shifted uh, the offense around him last year. It's like if you like, you can you can see by looking at Jarvis Lantry stats from last year. I think is the yeah, most telling gonna, thing. He's gonna be on the once he's he,
0: going to be on the field
1: all the time, right? Once 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 Jay Ajayi um, began to be a big part of that offense. It's like guys like Jarvis Landry, who are these intermediate threats and who were, you know, virtually extensions of the run, all uh Julian Edelman and New England, you know, like these types of players, their targets went down and everything like the offense changed. The offense changed because of Jay Ajayi. So it's clear that the staff there likes him. You know, I just I I'm like Byron. I, I worry a little bit about the level of talent, and I'm I'm also a man like I'm I'm worried about the 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 uh, injuries. I'm worried about the knee. I'm worried about the fact that those combine medicals were absolutely horrible, and that was one of the things that we well, were at the very beginning. We were super worried about you know and like I'm not sure if he had. So you were there at camp. Does does he have? I don't know if 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 you have something else you want to get to. That's totally fine. But I'd be interested after you get done with anything you have on Jay Ajayi to know if there seems like there's a viable handcuff there. I would say it might be Damian well, Williams. Well, he's, he's just words
0: right out of my mouth I mean okay. what I want to say part of the mixed bag with J.H.I. is that I don't feel there is a viable handcuff op- option here in Miami uh we also know that based on our predictive analytics that J.H.I. has a rather difficult fantasy schedule ahead of him and to couple that with the concern about the offensive line here and I think it's enough to temper things. I mean, it tempers things right into the Murray territory for me, uh, which means we're gonna stay we're gonna stay sharp with the Devontae Freeman's Jordan Howards of the world. Um and, and you know me, I left the combine back in February St. J.H.I. is I'm gonna have to be in heavy consideration for a first round pick. Mm. And look, he's gonna come in close, but there are some mitigating factors here. And, man, I'll tell you what, we saw DeMarco Murray slide in our draft last night. I don't expect to see that with J.H.I. in your draft. And, and, and it shouldn't happen either. And I'll tell you what, if you get him, you should be plenty happy. You're getting a workhorse uh, type situation. And you know what? The handcuffs, they don't exist here. Um, but uh, you know what? You just won't have to worry about spending that pick on a handcuff just going with your life and have other options available and cultivate them over the course of the season through the waiver wire as well.
1: Yep. and I, I think that I, I'm i not sure really how much exposure Roster Watch Nation has gotten to Jay Ajayi. At least in PPR, I'm not sure how much it's been. It's not much, not nearly I mean, it just as much as like I it's thought. not after,
0: after we left the combine, yeah. I would have thought we were going to get him.
1: And the thing is, uh, it's With like, a
0: reasonable frequency, and I've thought about getting him up. I've tried to split the hairs time and time and time again. Having him over to Marco Murray is already the thing that's pretty far against ADP. That's kind of like our tip of the cap to Jay Ajay And then just given the schedule, there's just no way to give him, get him over our sweetest son, Devonte Freeman, or, you know, Jordan Howard, who's a trash meeting with Chicago and says, it's a lot, la- you know, Jordan Howard doesn't really get you real excited when you watch him, but it looks like he could be a real volume based beast. And we know that Jordan Howard is an animal when he gets falling.
1: All right, and so, then, so for I mean, JJ.
0: Devontae Parker is a little bit of a sick freak out there. Well, here's he glides. The... He glides, man. He glides. And he catches tough. He makes tough, high point contested catches with relative
1: ease. Have, have you looked back at your notes on him from his combine? From from I mean, he from pass catching drills. AJ Green. Right, no, no, no. From 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 our pass catching drill stuff. Have you looked back at your notes at all? Like I don't I even, have not. I haven't either. I'm just I'm I'm. Yeah, I don't even know what. I don't remember anything about Devontae Parker from that. I wonder if he was injured. I'll just have to go back and look. Well, we but, were at the. Was he? Did he?
0: Did he run it
1: all in the... He wasn't in the Teddy Bridgewater Pro Day, was it? The Calvin Pryor, Teddy Bridgewater... No, no, no. He was in the next year. Yeah, so... I don't... But, yeah, that, that's certainly interesting man because they're saying now that he's taking it on like he's... Because the thing about roster watch is we've told you the whole time that, like, don't believe this about the Devontae Parker breakout. You know? We did... All the work we did as a film all the work that we did with, you know, film, everything like that. We had some information from good sources here in Austin, seeing as Charlie Strong's staff that recruited Devontae Parker had just kind of moved here. We got some information from them about the guy kind of being a little bit, you know, maybe there'd be discipline stuff, all that. I I just think, man, if he does this stuff where he gets his, you know, that he's done, that he's gotten his diet right, he's gotten his fitness right, they're saying he's doing everything right, that's stuff that he's never done before in his career. As an NFL player, at least, like if he's doing those things, if he's he's doing those things right, and he looks this sick, like you, you have to take notice about that kind of stuff, because everybody's always said, you know, at every point, if he starts doing a few more little things right, you know, that's that's when it's going to go go big, so. Well,
0: you know, I, I was surprised. I thought he was a little more slender than I remember. The guy's fit. He's
1: tight, tight-waisted, big, he, big, he strong drinking, dude, though. Dude, he even admitted he was drinking fucking yoo-hoos or something instead of water Like <laughs> he was saying that stuff as a professional athlete. So I'm just I, just, I think now if he's doing things right and he's got the potential that everybody talks about, like, we have good information that that potential is through the, through the roof if he can get things right. It looks like he's doing things right. And the other thing is, Jay Cutler... Seems to love him. He I mean Yeah, I mean I'm trying to
0: think back. I mean he's one of the definitely one of the more impressive players I've seen throughout all the training camps I've been to in terms of his playmaking
1: potential. Well, it's an about face it's it's an about face on Devontae Parker from Rosterwatch, but that's how we do it for you guys. We we have to let you know whenever we um you know like Byron said last no, week I mean,
0: Right. We are your eyes and your ears on the ground. We right. come out, we scout your fantasy teams year year round. We provide NFL player intelligence year round. We're out here running intelligence on this situation. And look, we have a great track record, an excellent track record. But anytime you know that we've seen something that needs to be rectified, we've gotten our boots on the ground, gotten our eyeballs on the situation, got it figured out as. Quickly as possible, and notified all of Roster Watch Nation about it. And this is one of those things, Devontae Parker. We've been getting him a little bit in our draft so far uh, in this draft season. We're
1: about to start getting, getting a, a little bit big more. Hike, <laughs> yeah.
0: Big, big hike on the draft cheat sheet here down the stretch, and we're going to hurt our opponents badly
1: with this season. So anything? So all right. So now moving on from. Well, are, is 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 that it about from like from the Dolphins? Did, who addressed the I mean, media the other as far thing is, as the... I think you can basically take,
0: you know... I mean, he's so low on there. I mean... Cutler? No, I he can almost take Julius Thomas off the cheat sheet in my mind.
1: Oh. I mean, he's on there just in... In theory, he's on there because you don't want customers emailing you saying they didn't end up with a tight end, right? But it's like you got to put them on there because you you know you want to fill out a roster. You want to do everything. The fact of the matter is, half those guys that you get on the cheat sheet, you know, whenever you get down to the last few rounds, outside of Jared Cook, it's like you're you're gonna be thinking about streaming these guys anyway because what you should be doing, the preferred method, as far as we're concerned is to stream tight ends, you know, if, if you can't get value on them, and you can by using the waiver wire cheat sheets at rosterwatch.com. But I'm interested to hear Byron say that a guy like Julius Thomas shouldn't even be on there when a guy that's so much farther down, you can get a guy so far down, especially in PPR, like Charles Clay, that is being completely peppered with targets, you know, so far. What are you... What are you seeing that makes you say... I'm just curious, man, like what, why do you say we can be hands off Julius Thomas?:
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. He just doesn't pass the eyeball test.
1: He, oh, nah, oh, he's Well, pretty, oh,
0: he, pretty, he, pretty, pretty, pretty light in the pan. So you know, <laughs> there's no way he stays on the field for snap counts and involve blocking for, you know, inline blocking. Uh, I felt like somebody threw me in the way back time machine and Bill Parcells was going to walk through the door because I couldn't believe how much action Anthony Fasano is getting in practice.
1: Anthony Fasano.
0: Anthony Fasano. Unbelievable. And so then you say, well, Adam Gase couldn't get the thing figured out with Jordan Cameron last year. Remember when he told us last year how he was so frustrated with how he could never get Jordan Cameron going and he was going back and watching Jordan Cameron's tape in Cleveland, and like
1: beating oh, it right. At the yeah, he said. Yeah, he said he got maniacal about it. Right.
0: Out. Right. No, I know. I believe Gaze has a history. I believe with Julius Thomas. I think in Denver. We'll have to
1: double yes, check that. I, they no, 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 yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. I. Uh, so we're gonna have to double some, check some familiarity it.
0: Familiarity in this reunion or in this marriage here. I don't know. There's just a lot of mouth to feed. It just doesn't pass the eyeball test. It didn't work with Jordan Cameron last year. I, it's just Julius Thomas. I, to me, I've I've been on the road. I would much rather. I know. I feel like I've. We've had this discussion. Maybe I've had to talk you into it a little bit. You know, Jason Witten to me is a far, far more viable option. Even in Antonio Gates, if you have to really start, you know, stupid low at the tight end position. I mean, Julius Thomas is going to have like, he's going to have a few games this season where he scores touchdowns. Like, he gets some like thirty-yard touchdown, or he gets some red zone touchdown. It's going to happen, but I just don't know how you're going to predict it. And uh, he's just not really going to be part of any of our you know plans as far as uh,
1: long term on the season. Well, I have version 5.0 of the cheat sheet up today, where I'm having to consistently update this thing. <laughs> at least for PPR as far as it pertains to Kareem Hunt as his ADP continues to just skyrocket in the wake of the news about uh, Spencer Ware's injury um so whenever I do that I think that you know I'm definitely going to be taking that in co- into consideration and honestly man I talked on the pod on the episode 39 of the podcast it was a solo pod I talked a lot about Jason Witten and just how much he was targeted uh Um, Just in this last uh, Preseason week three Was that against the Colts I forget who I think it was against the Colts But uh, certainly Just six targets One half of football Jason Witten It seems like you should Knowing that Byron And knowing You know At least presuming For the first six weeks No Zeke You definitely think Jason Witten Is a guy who should be Ahead of the uh, Julius Thomases of the world Correct?
0: I really do, I might even like him more than than the airkeeper of the world, who
1: with injury goes, concerns. goes surprisingly
0: right. early in drafts. I mean, here's the thing. We've all talked about it on the Series XM show. I mean, this has got to be more of a Dak Prescott offense during the absence of Zeke Elliott, and after having been in Cowboys camp and seen his progression from last year, this year, I think he's fully capable of it. And while I think that Cole Beasley is, you know, quote-unquote the number two wide receiver on the team. It's very evident that Jason Witten, I mean, these people that are the Rico Gethers truthers, I mean, hell, he's got Swain in front of him. This is still Jason Witten's deal, man, and he's going to have a good snap count out there. He's still involved pretty heavily in the passing game. You know, I'll be interested to see who gets more targets this season, him or Cole Beasley. I'm not sure off the top of my head I can tell you which one I think is gonna get more. Um, uh,
1: so I, think, guy, I, I man, think what I it think is. I think
0: this is gonna be I think Jason Witten is a guy if you're in a pinch. If I was in a pinch and he told me I had to start Jason Witten like
1: You wouldn't early feel sick, your, season, you wouldn't feel sick to your stomach to your stomach about it. You say, Man, I'm gonna deal with I'd this. Be fine. I feel, I'm fine, I'd be I'm gonna fine. deal with I'd it. Say I'd,
0: I mean, that would mean that the rest of my roster is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and in- That's probably my, my one-week spot. And Jason Witten can come out and score a touchdown with Dak. I'm fully confident that Dak Prescott could orchestrate a passing game and a scoring offense with a passing attack. So, I don't know. Jason Witten, man, you can't, you can't sleep on him. He's still, I think he's still got a little gas left in the tank. And I actually think he's going to be getting some of the better quarterback play that he's had in a little while
1: all right so so that's how we transition from julius thomas to jason witten and i'll transition from jason witten and the dallas cowboys to the city of houston texas byron have you seen the photos what are your thoughts on this man this what what, was this the most undercover storm to ever come anywhere to where people didn't know it was going to be the epic disaster that it's been as far as hurricane harvey down there in houston
0: you know I think that's a good way to frame it. I just think things are nobody so said anything. Nobody said anything. It. It just,
1: just yeah, like, no, it man, like, it was all on the news. It
0: was all on the news. Nobody this said
1: majority. nobody it's said it was gonna Houston. be worse than Katrina. For, nobody says it's gonna be worse yeah, than well, Katrina and that Houston's infrastructure is worse than worse to handle this stuff than even the shitty infrastructure down there in New Orleans. And you need to get out. Like I can't believe it we didn't see more just evacuation notices and huge red flags, especially once that thing turned into a Cat 4.
0: Yeah, I feel terrible for all of those folks, and I just can't imagine what it it feels like to be stuck in that situation. That's the problem. It was unexpected the way that it hit Houston, so those folks weren't prepared there. And they said the last time they called for a mass evacuation it led to such massive gridlock and, like, 12 deaths on the highway in Houston. That was part of the reason that they... Were a little slow to move on that, and you know, I, I had seen predictions that Rockport was going to get wiped off the map, and I think that did in fact happen uh, by the hurricane. But in, in the wind forces uh, down there by Corpus above Corpus Christi, but uh, I, and I knew that they said there was a chance of a lot of rain that was going to sit in between two high pressure systems and just sit and kind of regenerate for several days right over that same spot, but nobody. Was forecasting that much rain to sit on top of Houston, man?
1: No, it it was an absolute. Yeah, it was just. I mean, our, our our prayers continue to be with those guys. I was just. I'm. I was just wondering. Since you've been traveling, I just. I just wonder if you've seen the images and if we keep it up. <laughs> oh, I've on. seen the images, and
0: anytime I say anything from Texas or somebody sees my driver's license, that's everybody's aware of it and asking about it and thinks it's awful. So. I think the whole country's thinking about it, and hopefully all those folks can um, s- start to uh, head to a little more positive ground here in the coming days.
1: Well, that's that's certainly the hope. Do you have anything else? So next you're heading to Jacksonville right now. You got anything else from Miami?
0: Yeah, it looks like the Jaguars are in the cards next, and then we'll see what happens from there. Maybe the Buccaneers, maybe the Panthers. We'll find out for us to watch Nation in the coming days. Uh, as I leave Miami, uh, no man, that's gonna do it. We still love Adam Gaze. They're very fortunate to have a really solid, rock-solid young head coach here. And uh, hey, how Dante about Parker.
1: how about this? How 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 about this? Let me go through just a um, let me go through some names, and from the names, you just give me a quick little one sentence or like one hit thing. All right, leaving Miami, Adam Gaze. Um Jarvis Landry
0: Hands like a grizzly bear.
1: <laughs> Kenny Stills.
0: What is he? He's kinda like kinda like punk rock emo, like weird mustache. I don't know. What is his style? That sounds
1: weird. that sounds hipster to me. <laughs> I don't know. Leonte Carew.
0: Might be in the mix to take Jarvis Landry's spot if Jarvis leaves the team after this year.
1: Oh, all right. Well, very All right, Jarvis Landry.
0: You already asked me about Jarvis. Jarvis has a bushel of bananas. Just super grizzly bear grip. On oh, his hands grizzly.
1: Oh, Jarvis. so oh, so Jarvis was. Gri- Jarvis was grizzly bear hands. So I didn't at his. I didn't look at his, look at his hand Landry
0: you know what? He had, I can see why he fashions himself and fancies himself as a bit of an Odell Beckham. Having those two guys play together and his super competitive nature. Jarvis is super nice, and he came up and he shook my hand before I got mobbed by the local media and completely swindled from my one-on-one interview. Uh, but uh, man, I mean, his hands when he puts it out—it's just—it's—it's it's, it's maybe not quite as big as a Denard Robinson's hand as far as the total length of his fingers. But dude, each finger is like a sausage, man. And when he screams, when he grabs your hand, it feels like maybe not a grizzly bear, like maybe more like a black bear. And <laughs> oh. uh, dude, it's a firm grip at, uh, that he's got, and you can see why he catches the football
1: so freaking well. Man. It is, it is, it, it isn't quite a Michael Roberts grizzly bear, but it's definitely, it's definitely an, an Odell Beckham black bear. <laughs> okay, and then so. Um, <laughs> The other two guys, I just wanted to say, um, Jay Cutler.
0: Oh man, Jay Cutler. Um...
1: Boy, I don't. I'm nonchalant. What?
0: Nonchalant.
1: Yeah, nonchalant. Yeah, that's been that's been a great observation of him. And then Jay Ajayi.
0: Ahi is a little bit like Marshawn Lynch and also like Marshawn Lynch, maybe a little bit more slender than you'd expect, a little more slight than you'd expect when you see him in person. Is,
1: Is he Marshawn Lynch if Marshawn Lynch was not a generational talent? I think so. There you go. That is episode 40 of the Roster Watch podcast. It has been Byron Lambert live from Miami or live from West Palm Beach on the A1A, heading from Miami to Jacksonville. Uh, Roster Watch co-founder Byron Lambert. My name is Alex Dunlap for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius, and for all of Roster Watch Nation. This is the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. We will see you next time the roster watch podcast is brought to you by roster watch nation our pro community at rosterwatch.com who for less than a cheap cup of coffee uh, support us in all of our maniacal efforts uh, support us in the creation of all of our tools uh, all of our travels everything that we do to make sure that you win fantasy championships the 2017 roster watch cheat sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com for our pro members the revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate the rosterwatch cheat sheet is a magic sheet of paper all you have to do is follow the three simple rules that's it three simple rules guys it couldn't be easier The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It's mystical. It's magical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It's only at RosterWatch.com.